Hello and welcome to this episode of the Monarch Ministries podcast. Uh, a little bit of a different episode today. Um, we're going to have a lesson about the prodigal son, but not necessarily the one that uh, you're familiar with. Um, there is a very interesting and very powerful parallel story about a prodigal son in the book of Second Samuel that I want to point out today. And I hope you stick around and enjoy the content that you hear, and I hope it blesses you. Um, if it does, then feel free to click the link in the description of this podcast to join Monarch Ministries to be a part of the fellowship that we share. And I hope you enjoy the episode. Have a great day, and God bless you. Hello there, and welcome to Monarch Ministries. Um, I was supposed to teach on Luke chapter 1 tonight, but I decided against it. Nice. Uh, and, um, you know, I we've, we've been doing this study on Luke. I think we only did one session, though, um, so far. And so we'll, we'll pick that up again next week. Um, but... <clears throat> This this topic and this idea has has been on my mind for a few weeks now, um, and I've it, it, it's been sitting around in my head, and, and I've written down a few things, and uh, it was something that's really interesting to me. Um, it, it's a good example of of an example of, of of Christ-like behavior in the Old Testament, and it's a good parallel to um, one of Jesus's great uh, parables. So we're going to be in 2 Samuel chapter 13. Um, it's a bit of an infamous chapter, but uh, I think it has a, a wonderful application for us. And the story of Absalom as a whole um, really shows us that the emphasis isn't so much on the sin of Absalom, but <clears throat> the mercy of David and as a parallel, the mercy of God towards us when we rebel against Him, um, because Absalom was 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 such a had such a strong rebellion against David. But we'll we'll read about that, um, or or we'll talk about that as the the lesson goes on. So Second Samuel chapter thirteen, and we'll begin reading in verse thirty. <clears throat> and it came to pass while they were in the way that tidings came to David saying, Absalom has slain all the king's sons, and there is not one of them left. Then the king arose and tear his garments, and lay on the earth, and all his servants stood by with their clothes rent. And Jonadab, the son of Shimea, David's brother, answered and said, Let not my lord suppose that they have all slain, that they have slain all the young men, the king's sons, for Ammon only is dead. For by the appointment of Absalom, this, is, this has been determined from the day he, that he forced his sister Tamar. Now therefore let not my lord the king take, take the thing to his heart, to think that all the king's sons are dead, for Ammon only is dead. But Absalom fled, and the young man that kept the watch lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there came much people by the way of the hillside behind him. And Jonadab said unto the king, Behold, the king's sons come, as thy servant said, so it is. And it came to pass, as soon as he had made an end of speaking, that, behold, the king's sons came and lifted up their voice and wept. And the king also <clears throat> and all his servants wept very sore. But Absalom fled and went into Talmai, the son of Amahud, king of Geshur, and David mourned for his son every day. So Absalom fled and went to Geshur and was there three years. And the soul of King David longed to go forth unto Absalom, for he was comforted concerning Amnon, seeing he was dead. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this day, and thank you for the gift that you've given to us, Lord, to come and be able to meet with each other and to read your word and study your word and understand what you have to say to us. Lord, I pray that you would help us to 
see what your word has to say for us tonight, Lord, and I pray that you would give us a good um, lesson tonight, Lord. I pray that you would speak through me and bless all of us here listening. I pray that we would act on these words and, and, and that we would be good stewards of your word. Lord, thank you for all you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. So I really find a strong parallel here with this story to the story of um to the story of the prodigal son the parable of the prodigal son that uh jesus gives in um the book of luke um and we're 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 really familiar with that story you know the the father has two sons a younger and an older and the younger takes his portion of the inheritance and he goes and he wastes it on riotous living right the bible is very specific he wastes on riotous living and eventually he wastes all of his money and he's deep in debt and he's deep in sin and he finds himself um, stuck in pig pens and he's, <clears throat> um, he is, you know, just really downtrodden. And he says, you know, my father's servants are treated better than, than I am. I should go back uh, and, and beg my father to take me as one of his servants. And the son goes back and the Bible says when he was yet afar off, um, his father came running towards him, and his father greeted him, and his father was happy to see him, and his father threw a party for him. He gave him the best robe. He gave him a ring. He killed the fatted calf for him, and his older brother sees all this being done. He sees the party being thrown. He's like, wait a minute. I've been here working. I've been here doing the will of my father. I've been here doing, you know, everything right. I had everything right, and 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 you're throwing a party for this guy who who went away and and wasted his whole life. And the father says, no, 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 son, you're you're missing the point. Your your brother was gone, but now he's back. He was dead, but now he's alive. We have a, I have a son again. You have a brother again. He's back. We should be celebrating this. Uh, and you know, it's. It's a wonderful story that teaches no matter how far we fall, that the Father still loves us. And as the story tells, the Father will run to meet us um, when when we come back to him. But it's also a cautionary tale that shows us how deep sin can drag us, right? He he took the, the portion of his inheritance and he wasted it on riotous living and now he has no inheritance left. Now he'll, he'll be forced to work and to build up his own wealth and... <clears throat> He's lost a lot because of the sin that he's fallen into. Um, and, you know, the the scripture is very detailed on this, right? Um, very detailed on the consequences of the younger brother's actions and what the younger brother did. He wasted his substance on riotous living, and now he has no inheritance to carry him for the rest of his life um, because he wasted the inheritance that he was given, right? And so I think this story in 2 Samuel with, with Amnon and Absalom, um, the, the two sons of David, I think it's a parallel to this story of the prodigal son, right? We have Amnon who um, commits a, a heinous act to his sister, um, and it, it hurts both Absalom and his sister Tamar and David very deeply. And we see Absalom is is not content with um his father's actions on this and absalom takes matters into his own hands um and for the next several chapters in second samuel we see a detailed account of um absalom's coup against david and and how absalom drove david out of the land and, and went to war with him and so i think while the story in luke while the parable of the prodigal son focuses on the consequences of sin um as as the younger son would have it 
the the story in Second Samuel, the the history in Second Samuel that we see, very much shows us how dangerous the sin of the older son can be. How dangerous it can be when we fall into pride, right? Um, because that is that is the sin of the older son. The older son believed that he was better than his brother, and therefore he received celebration rather than his younger brother. He didn't recognize how wonderful it was that his brother had come back to Christ. Um, just as Absalom didn't recognize or appreciate the mercy that David showed toward Amnon and took matters into his own hand and became bitter against his father and waged war against us. Sin wages or sin takes us down a slippery slope um, if, if we don't deal with it. If we don't take care of our sin, if we don't confess our sins before God, then we allow it to fester in us. We allow it to cause us damage. We allow it to hurt our relationships. And, and, and Absalom... Um, is a prime example of this. He he was bitter and he was prideful, and for decades it caused a, a division between him and his father. Um, and and I think it's an important lesson to see that 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 we can focus on here. So first, I want to talk about the two sons, right? The the, the two half brothers here, um, what their relationship was, and 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 what what was the catalyst for for this event right so first i want to talk about amnon's sin uh and in second samuel 13 i'll begin reading in in the first uh 17 verses of it we we get a detailed account of it um i'm actually not going to read it today because it's a long passage but basically amnon um <coughs> had feelings for his half-sister tamar and he and his friend jonadab devised a plan to uh to seduce her and and to trick her uh into being with with amnon and and when amnon uh was alone with tamar he he forced himself upon her um and you know assaulted her and <clears throat> this is a heinous thing to do right it's it's absolutely despicable and disgusting and absalom was was rightfully upset about it this this sort of thing is 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 comes from a place of pure hatred, and and pure depravity, and it is pure evil um, to to do this sort of thing to anyone, much less your own half sister, much less the son uh, or the daughter of your father. Um, but Amnon was was overtaken with lust. Amnon was overtaken with greed, and Amnon was overtaken with his own pride, his his thoughts that he deserved um, to to have her. <clears throat> Um, be basically because he wanted her and we see the we see the expression of his pride in second samuel 13 and verse uh 15 then amnon hated her exceedingly so that the hatred wherewith he hated her was greater than the love wherewith he had loved her and amnon said unto her arise and be gone so after he had committed unto her what he did um his his desire for her his lust for her was was taken away and and he was overtaken by bitterness and his own sin and and the disgust of what he had done uh and instead of repenting he doubled down and 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 was filled with pride and he said i don't want anything to do with you anymore um i don't want to apologize i don't want to comfort you he the, the bible says that he hated her after he had done this to her this is a disgusting action and absolutely despicable of of amnon to do uh, and so later on in the chapter, we see Absalom and David's reaction to it. If you look at verse 20, <clears throat> and Absalom, her brother, this is Tamar's brother, Absalom, said unto her, hath Amnon thy brother been with thee? But hold that now thy peace, my sister. 
He is thy brother, regard not this thing. So Tamar remained desolate in her brother Absalom's house. So Absalom takes her in and comforts her and tells her it's going to be okay, right? She she remains with Absalom. This is this is a great action from Absalom. Absalom is 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 having mercy upon his sister, um, and and he's acting accordingly to scripture with his brother, right? Uh, so far, um, and so this this is ab about the only good thing that Absalom does. Verse twenty one. But when King David heard all of these things, he was very wroth. He he was distressed. He was upset. He was angry. He was filled with with rage. And, and, and there's something interesting here. Um, <clears throat> David was a very merciful king. David was one who, who had great mercy on his enemies, right? We see that in his confrontations with Saul. Um, although he had on multiple occasions the ability to put an end to Saul um, and, and take his, his throne, uh, he, he showed mercy on Saul. And, and even when Saul dies, right, there's, there's a great um, poem, a great song that he writes that you can find in Second Samuel chapter one, praising Saul, um, and, and and Saul's son Ishbosheth, um, who who is at war with David after Saul dies. Um, David has mercy on him too, right? When when these two guys come and and announce to David, hey, we killed Ishbosheth for you, and they want reward for this. David puts them to death because it's not a good thing to to have done this to, to Saul's son, right? He he wanted to show mercy, and we'll see throughout this story, David's great mercy towards Absalom. And we see also in the story, you know, it's not clear um, that that David you know had any severe punishment to Amnon now. Again, the the Bible doesn't um, give us what what the reaction of David was, other than other than this, at least as far as I know, that that he was very wroth. But you know, Amnon is is alive and well. Um, later on in the story, Amnon doesn't seem to be um, you know punished by David. It, it appears that he's still the son of his father, and so we see that David showed mercy also on Amnon, who had done this horrible thing to David's daughter. And, and even though David was upset, he had great mercy on her. And I think that's important to, to realize. But look in verse 22. And Absalom spake unto his brother Amnon, neither good nor bad, for Absalom hated Amnon because he had forced his sister Tamar. Tamar. Absalom, um, you know, we see the bitterness coming in here. Uh, and, and we see a, a parallel uh, with the story of the prodigal son here, right? Um, the older son was, was very bitter that his, that his younger brother got the celebration instead of him and out Absalom is bitter and, and, and hates his brother, <clears throat> um, because of what he did to Tamar. And, you know, honestly, as, uh, a guy, honestly, in, in the position that I'm in, you know, I understand Absalom's hatred. I understand Absalom's, um, his, his disdain and his, his anger towards his brother. And so... It's, you know, it's it, it's hard not to. Um, we, as as people, we we want to protect our our own right, and the relationship between brothers and sisters is very strong. Um, you know, I, I think there is rarely a brother who who would say that they wouldn't do anything to protect their sister, and and when something so heinous is committed against one sister, um. There, there's bound to be anger, and Absalom, you, you see here, has great anger and great hatred towards 
his half-brother Amnon. Uh, and although from a human perspective we can see this warranted, biblically it is not. The Bible shows us that um, <clears throat> the Bible shows that Jesus says that that if you hate a brother in your heart, you've committed murder against him already, right? When he elevates the the edicts of the law. Um, in Romans chapter 12, if you want to turn there, I'll read a passage. And we'll begin reading in verse 18. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in doing so, thou shalt heap whole coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. And this is one of the hardest commandments in Scripture, right? Because when we see true evil in the world, when 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 someone does us wrong, right? This is speaking to us personally. When when someone does us wrong, we we very much want to get back. We very much want to get even. We want to enact justice on them. Um, and, and Amnon had wronged so many people here, right? Uh, explicitly stated in the text, he wronged Absalom, his brother. He wronged David, his father. And most of all, he wronged Tamar, his sister, right? And so the the knee-jerk reaction from any of us um, is going to be, you know, this guy deserves to die for what he did. This guy deserves extreme punishment for what he has done. Um, and... and this is the reaction that, that Absalom has. This is the, the hatred that, that Absalom has for him. Look in Second Samuel again. Um, look at verses 28 and 29. <clears throat> now Absalom commanded his servant, saying, Mark ye now when Amnon's heart is merry with wine, and when I say unto you, Smite Amnon, then kill him. Fear not, have I not commanded you. Be courageous and be valiant. And the servants of Absalom did unto Amnon as Absalom had commanded. Then all the king's sons arose, and every man got him up on his mule and fled. And so um, Absalom had, had carefully crafted this plot to, to get Amnon alone, to get Amnon. And this is two years after, right? Um, this is two years after Amnon did what he had done. So Absalom bides his time and waits patiently, and his bitterness festers, and his pride festers, and his hatred festers and builds and builds, and and he has this great hatred towards Amnon, and it and it builds, and eventually he he plots his death, and he commands his servants, and his servants kill Amnon. Uh, this this hatred that that Absalom had was was warranted from a human perspective, but this was not a godly action. Uh, Absalom killed <clears throat> Amnon despite his father's apparent wishes, right? Amnon was, was still considered David's son even two years later. Um, Amnon was still in, in good favor even two years later, and and Absalom took his life. Uh, and, and we saw in the passage that we read in the beginning that, that David was incredibly uh, hurt over this um, because because David wanted to show mercy. To, to Absalom. Look at verse 39. I love verse 39. And the soul of King David longed to go forth unto Absalom, for he was comforted concerning Amnon, seeing he was dead. Right? He he wanted to go forth unto Absalom after he killed him, and, and he was comforted concerning Amnon. And so David has this great compassion towards, towards both of his sons. Uh, and he... You know, even after Absalom murders his his child, David wants to go out and see him, wants to go and make amends. 
But we see the bitterness of Absalom really continues to fester after this. See, because David did not take capital action against Amnon. David didn't put Amnon to death. Um, <clears throat> or, you know, as, as it appears, David did not commit any other heinous and great punishments against Amnon, which, which from David's position would have been warranted, um, I believe. We see Absalom continues in in his apparent hatred of his father. Turn to Second Samuel chapter fifteen, <clears throat> um, and we'll begin reading in, cha uh, in 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 verse seven. And now Absalom had been gone for for about two years now, <clears throat> um, and and he came back to Jerusalem. Right, mm -hmm. Joab went and got him and brought him back to Jerusalem. And he stays in, in Jerusalem for a while and doesn't see his father. And then two years later, um, he, he go, does go and see his father. And he begins this, this rivalry with, with Joab. Um, and, and him and Joab hate each other. And <clears throat> look what it says in, in verse 7. So Absalom is back in, in Jerusalem um, after a long period of not speaking to his father. About four years, I believe. And it came to pass after 40 years that Absalom said unto the king, I pray thee, let me go and pay my vow, which I have vowed unto the Lord in Hebron. For thy servant vowed a vow while I abode at Geshur in Syria, saying, If the Lord shall bring me again indeed to Jerusalem, then I will serve the Lord. And the king said unto him, Go in peace. So he arose and went to Hebron. But Absalom sent spies throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, As soon as ye hear the sound of the trumpet, then ye shall say, Absalom reigneth in Hebron. So Absalom waits 40 years, right? His his hatred to his father, he, he was away, and then he comes back and spends 40 years building up the favor <clears throat> of uh, all the men of, of Israel, right? And, and getting them to to follow after him and getting them to find favor in him and spends 40 years doing this and 40 years of hatred towards his father, 40 years of bitterness over what Amnon had done, um, 40 years not willing to forgive his father or his brother whom he killed, and he spends 40 years in in his bitterness. You know, when, when we see him become so angry at his brother, and and take action against his brother and then and then we see this that that he spent 40 years undercutting his father and <clears throat> biding his time to wait for for a moment where he could finally go and and, and say that absalom reigneth in in hebron and and turn the people of israel against him we see the severity of the sin of the older son right when when we take the parallel here and 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 show it against the story of the prodigal son and, and we see that the, the older brother was bitter and angry against his, his younger brother and had pride that he was better. This is a very extreme example in scripture and in history that, that shows us just how powerful this pride and this bitterness can be. <clears throat> this festered in Abraham, or in Absalom, I'm sorry, for, for decades. And Absalom had absolute hatred for, for his father uh, and, and wanted to overthrow his father. And he spent 40 years building up the wherewithal to do so, uh, and 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 building up the network, and and you know he, he had great pride during this time. Look at verses in Second Samuel 15, verses one through six. And it came to pass after this that Absalom prepared him chariots and horses and 50 men to run before him. And Absalom rose up early and stood beside the way of the gate 
And it was so that when any man had a controversy, came to the came to the king for judgment, then Absalom called unto him and said, Of what city art thou? And he said, Thy servant is one of the tribes of Israel. And Absalom said unto him, See, thy matters are good and right, but there is no man deputed of the, of the king to hear thee. <clears throat> and Absalom said, Moreover, O oh, that I were made judge in the land, that every man which hath any suit or cause might come unto me, and I would do them, him justice. <clears throat> And it was so that whenever that when any man came nigh to him to do him obeisance, he put forth his hand and took him and kissed him. And on this manner did Absalom to all Israel that it came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. So Absalom had this great and brilliant plan, where he would stand in front of the gate, and any time someone had a complaint or or wanted to to bring a cause against the king, or have the king judge over something, preside over something, Absalom would stand in the gate and be like, wait, 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 and he had this great and, and he he had this big you know show in front of it. He had fifty uh, men run before him. He had chariots and horses. And and he stood in front of the the gate and he said, "Hey, you have a complaint? Come, you know, if if only the king could take care of this, but he can't. Luckily, you've got me. If only I were made judge and ruler over Israel." And the Bible says he stole the hearts of of, of Israel, right? Uh, stole the hearts of the men of Israel. And he he spends all this time showboating and showing them that I'm look look at me, I'm better than my father. Um, after a long period of not speaking to his father. Um, after building this rivalry with Boaz, or sorry, not Boaz, with Joab, um, and 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 after you know his his hatred towards towards Ammon, he he really has this high opinion of himself. You can see, and you know he he believes strongly, obviously, that that he deserves the throne, and he's he's built up this plan to take the throne from David, but we see that this plan is rooted in Absalom himself and not in God. But <clears throat> Absalom, through his pride and through his power over the people, uh, took over after David, right? Uh, he, he waited 40 years while he was enacting his plan, and eventually... Um, there were enough people in Israel to where Absalom felt comfortable taking over his his father. Look at verse 14. And David said unto all his servants that were with him at Jerusalem, Arise and let us flee, for we shall not else escape from Absalom. Make speed to depart, lest he overtake us suddenly and bring evil upon us, and smite the city with the edge of the sword. So when David hears the news of Absalom's takeover, of Absalom's coup, his immediate thought, is to run. Ab uh, Absalom had great power in the city. Absalom had people on his side. Absalom had numbers on his side, and Absalom was was powerful enough that even though there's no textual evidence for us to see that that Absalom had any um, <clears throat> plans to do away with David at this time, we see that that David greatly feared Absalom and and took his his people and he fled. Um, and David spends a lot of time in in exile here. Uh, biding his time to eventually come against Absalom. Um, it's it, it's a very interesting read these these next few chapters, chapters fifteen through through eighteen, uh, that that details the story of of Absalom and of David, and so, you know, Absalom has has built up this great power, and and this power is rooted again in his own pride, um, in his own bitterness, and not in the desires of God. 
um he he was not giving way to vengeance for god but he was taking matters into his own hand and he had let his pride and his bitterness build up and fester inside of him and there was there was great uh hatred in his heart and he he was strongly against his his father and there's there's a good um comparison to be made here between absalom and between david right uh when when david was on the run the first time away from saul uh he had already been anointed king but he would not do saul harm now absalom has not been anointed king god has has made no appearance to him to declare him uh king of israel and yet he believes in his own heart that he deserves the throne believes in his own heart that that he is worthy of the throne and with great power and with no mercy he throws his father out allows his father to be in exile and wages war against his father and so um we see that 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 david's ascension to the throne was was very godly was very patient and and respectful of of king saul even though saul was was an evil and wicked man whereas absalom's is you know it, it, it took 40 years for him to put his plan into effect, but it was very sudden when he did put his plan into effect, and it was very violent. Um, David was, was run out of the city. But when we look at these two sons, right, we see Amnon, who um, assaulted his sister, and we see Absalom, who killed his brother, who left his father and eventually came back and overthrew his father and waged war against his father. Look at David's initial response. We read the verse already, but um, chapter 13 and verse 39. <clears throat> and the soul of the king David longed to go forth unto Absalom, for he was comforted concerning Amnon, seeing that he was dead. David wanted to be with his son Absalom after after killing his, his other son Amnon. David wanted to, to spend time. David wanted to reconcile with Absalom. David, you know he he knew and he understood the human desire the the hatred that absalom had towards towards amnon because i'm 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 sure that david had some of that very same hatred towards him i'm sure that that david wanted to act harshly uh or or had um desire to act harshly and 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 enact capital punishment on his son for for what he did i'm sure these thoughts crossed the mind of of David, um, but but he did not act on those. But he could empathize, empathize, empathize with the desires of of his son Absalom. And so once um, once Absalom kills his brother and and runs away, David wants to go out and meet him. Wants to bring him home and say, "Son, you're forgiven. And son, you're you're able to come back. Son, I'll accept you." And we see a very strong parallel with with David here and with the father in the story of the prodigal son uh when he was yet afar off the father ran towards the prodigal son and here absalom has run away and the father wants him back right david wants him back and wants to go out and say son you're forgiven uh son i've i've forgiven you i won't hold it against you just come and be my son again right um and then you know absalom spends decades plotting and planning against uh david and and warring against david and causing all sorts of hardship towards david but look at in second samuel chapter 18 <clears throat> at the end of of their war right they're they're preparing for the last battle um david had had sent spies and had uh goaded absalom into coming after him and 
they're they were preparing for battle right and and they knew there were there was going to be a confrontation and in second samuel 18 look at david's response verses or verse one and david numbered the people that were with him and set captains of thousands and captains of hundreds over them and david sent forth a third part of the people under the hand of joab and a third part under the hand of abishai the son of zeruiah joab's brother and a third part under the hand of ittai the gittite and the king said unto the people, I will surely go forth with you myself also. But the people answered, Thou shalt not go forth, for if we flee away, they will not care for us. Neither if half of us die, will they care for us. But now thou art worth ten thousand of us. Therefore now it is better that thou succor us out of the city. And the king said unto them, What seemest you best I will do? And the king stood by the gate side, and all the people came out by hundreds and by thousands. Verse 5. And the king commanded Joab and Abishai and Ittai, saying, Deal gently for my sake with the young man, even with Absalom. And all the people heard when the king gave all the captains charge concerning Absalom. Even after all that Absalom had done, David very clearly puts out this, this command towards his generals, right? His three generals, Abishai, uh, Joab, and Ittai, saying, Do not hurt my son Absalom. There's still this spirit of forgiveness around Absalom. Um, no matter how strongly we sin against God, there's still there's still gentleness from God towards us. There's still desire from God to come and see us. And and David represents this here. Uh, look in verse 28 of, of 2 Samuel chapter 18. <clears throat> and Ahimaaz called and said unto the king, All is well, and fell down to the earth <clears throat> upon his face before the king and said, Blessed be the Lord thy God, which hath delivered up the men that lifted up their hands against my lord the king. And the king said, is the young man Absalom safe? And Ahimaaz answered, When Joab sent the king's servant and, and, and me, thy servant, I saw a great tumult, but knew not what it was. And the king said unto him, Turn aside and stand there. And he turned aside and stood still. And behold, Cushai came, and Cushai said, Tidings, my lord and king, for the lord hath avenged thee this day of all them that rose up against thee. And the king said unto Cushai, Is the young man Absalom safe? And Cushai answered, the enemies of my lord the king, and all that rise against thee to do thee hurt, be as that young man is. So he tells him that, that Absalom is dead. And look at David's response. And the king was much moved, and went up to the chamber over the gate, and wept. And as he went, thus he said, O my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, would God I had died for thee, O Absalom, my son, my son. And this is an ultimate expression of forgiveness towards towards Absalom. Absalom had sinned greatly against David. Absalom had waged war against David. Absalom had killed uh, members of, of of David's army. Had had disrupted the, the the chain of power in Israel. Had had made his country weak. Absalom had caused untold destruction towards David. And David's response is that his forgiveness is unchanging. Is that he he would have rather died in Absalom's stead than then see Absalom meet this fate. The father's love towards his son did not falter um, between Absalom and David, despite all the wrong that Absalom had done towards him. And this, perhaps, is the greatest parallel between the story of, of David and Absalom and Amnon and the story of the prodigal son. Because, you see, when we look at, at, at types of Christ, right, we see that David is, is a great type of Christ in the Old Testament. Uh, and, and we look at types of Christ, we see that they're always going to fall short of who Christ really is, right? And this is an example. Um, when David 
cries forth about his son and desires that his son be forgiven and desires that he die in the stead of his son. This is Jesus' same call for us. Christ is our everlasting father, and he wants our fellowship. But for him to be our everlasting father, he must have made us everlasting sons and daughters through him. And the manner in which that was done was the cross. Jesus spent time in the Garden of Gethsemane weeping and crying and pleading with God that, that the cup of sin would be taken away from him. And he knew that he was going to his death, and he sweat great drops of blood and in, in, in stress and in pain and anguish um, because of his reluctance to go to the cross, but yet he went willingly for us. And he took on the attitude of David here, or rather David took on the attitude of him, but where David failed, Jesus accomplished, and Jesus was able to die for us, and Jesus took on the punishment for our sin. And though we've gone astray and we've filled ourselves with pride and with bitterness, <clears throat> and we've wronged our father in heaven so wrongly and and so severely though we've gone so far astray though we've bided our time and 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 spent our time in sin jesus died for us so that we wouldn't have to and all he asks for us is to repent and to turn unto him and believe on him and believe in his son david paints a beautiful picture of christ's desire for us of of christ's willingness to forgive us but Christ fulfilled that picture when he died on the cross for us and when he rose again and he desires fellowship with us. Uh, the Bible says in, in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We all sin, and, and, and we're all just as guilty of hurting our father as much as Absalom did David. And yet, Christ is willing that all come to repentance through him. Well, thank you for joining us on that episode of the Monarch Ministries podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we hope it blessed you. And um, if it did, please click that link in the description so that we can get to know you better, fellowship with you, uh, and and enjoy our, our, our time together uh, as brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, it's a great blessing that we have to be able to meet uh, from different areas of the country, different areas of the world, and, and fellowship as as God blesses us. Um, you know, there's a lot of bad things floating around on the internet, and it, it can also be a tool for us to use for God's glory, and that's what I want Monarch Ministries to be. So if you enjoyed this podcast, do click that link, uh, join Monarch Ministries, and I look forward to meeting you. God bless you. Have a great day.